Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Oh, 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 he's the worst Red Raider, unbelievable! The Scarlet and Black are back on the final bowl club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into another installment of the Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm RC Maxfield, alongside Tobias Bass down in H-Town. Tobias, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. It's getting kind of cold out here, or our version of cold. But yeah, it's like 40. Yeah, it's like 40 out here right now. So it's a little cold. Uh, Haley, you, you know, good old Haley. Uh, yeah. she, there's a there's a sale right now for, and if you have a special woman in your life, Tobias, i.e. your mother or your grandmother, and they like candles, I don't know if they yeah. do. Yeah. Um, not a sponsor. But uh, Bath and Body Works right now has their three wick candles for ten dollars. Mm. So um, Haley sent me out, and to be fair, I wanted to go myself because I do love a good candle. I'm not gonna lie about sure. it. I'm a man. I'm simple, but I do love a good candle. Um, yeah. But I went out this morning, and they have their three wick candles that are usually like twenty five dollars, no joke, yeah. for like ten. Yeah. So I was in there being a soldier, fighting that good fight, you know, making sure that our house and other houses that we love smell good um, for Christmas and everything like that. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. Um, and and don't even get me started on the cold, Tobias. I, I braved it this morning. It was 26 degrees when I woke up. Yeah. 40 sounds nice, man. 40 is uh, some short weather for me. Uh, I miss Lovey, but I don't know. I don't, I don't miss that. I'll tell you that right now. I do not miss that at all. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't enjoy it. But hey, it's better than where I was. You know what I mean? That's how I, uh, that's how I take it. But on today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about Texas Tech football. Matt Wells testing positive for the coronavirus, as well as Texas Tech basketball as they play um, one of the games they got to well substitute the St. John's game. It'll be the Troy Trojans mm-hmm. coming into the 806 today. We'll discuss them a little bit of Grambling State as well, who the Red Raiders face on Sunday what the Red Raiders need to do to improve after their loss to Houston. What are you looking for in these next two matchups? And then anyone you are looking to step up. But first of all, let's talk about Texas Tech real quick in the football front. Um, Tobias, if I told you that with a win on Saturday, the Red Raiders would be four and six. We know simple math at this point, right? Simple math is easy for us. Even for us guys that aren't very good at math, like you and I, Tobias, mostly myself, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but definitely me. Um, What if I told you that if Kansas State lost to Texas, which they're favored to do so, the Red Raiders and the Wildcats would have the same record to end 2020? I wouldn't. I don't think I would have believed it. Yeah. I mean, and let's, let's qualify this in the sense of, they lost uh, Skylar Thompson, their starting quarterback, um, during the Texas Tech game, nonetheless. Um, they're starting a true freshman in Howard. Hasn't looked great, but at the same time, the way that the Kansas State Wildcats started, remember, they were the ones that upset the Sooners in Norman. Yep. Um, they finished four and six. Texas Tech would finish four and six. I think everybody is assuming that the Red Raiders will win this weekend. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah. have to talk about it a little bit more, but – you said you wouldn't believe it. Why wouldn't you believe that? Well, like you said, with the injuries, I mean, they started off so hot. 
you know, they I mean, unfortunately they lost to Arkansas State, but Arkansas State, they don't they don't have a bad team. You know, they probably shouldn't be beating Kansas State, but they don't have a bad team. They beat OU, they beat us, they beat TCU, they blow out Kansas, so they're four and one. I think they're ranked at this point or they're they close. Were, they were ranked like fourteenth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then they have a stinker in West Virginia, they get throttled. Then they lose to Oklahoma State by two. So I said, okay, you know, maybe they can bounce back. Then Iowa State kills them. They they lose. They don't score. It's 45-0, but that's when the injury started to happen. But at the time, you know, before Halloween, they were 4-1. I thought, okay, I thought this team was, you know, I don't think they would win the Big 12. I thought they were finishing about the top half of it at least. Yeah. And they're not even going to do that. You know, not. Um, so, I mean, the, the best the Wildcats can finish is right where they're at, um, which is sixth. So, I mean, yeah. you look at it, TCU, I don't know how that, that's going to work with their schedule in terms of, remember, they had it postponed. So, I think they are, they're going to play on the 12th, I believe, um, of December. A lot of Big 12 teams are done um, this weekend, but then there's a couple such as Texas and Kansas and um, yeah. TCU that um, aren't quite done. So, TCU, they play Oklahoma State this weekend. Oklahoma State is favorites. Um, it's in Fort Worth. That's going to be a Car- uh, Gary Patterson special, in my opinion. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then they play La Tech after that. So, I mean, theoretically or hypothetically, I should say, uh, they could go four and six as well. And you look at the Big 12 standings at that point, I mean, you could have the Red Raiders, K-State, and the Horn Frogs all go four and six. The bottom two teams be Kansas and Baylor. And you're looking at, you know, a three-way tie for sixth. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, is it pretty? No. Don't get me started on, you know, the Red Raiders and how they should be, you know, or not even should be, but but could potentially be six and four. But I just thought it was interesting looking at the standings and thinking, wow, I mean, I didn't realize K-State had fallen off that hard. It does make sense, though. They lose their starting quarterback that's a senior. They replace him with a true freshman. They did have some um, other injuries as well. But I just thought that was interesting how these programs are – you look at the fan bases, um, and the one that we see more often is obviously the Texas Tech fan base. And, you know, they're out for blood, a majority of them. And it's one of those things, again, where I get the bounces aren't going your way in a sense. but if you look at the overall Big 12, and I know what Tech fans are going to say, well, the overall Big 12 landscape is the Big 12 is down this year. This is the perfect time for Texas Tech to, you know, make that jump. You know what I mean? Right. But at the same time, you have to identify the problems Texas Tech had. Um, and Texas Tech had a problem at the QB position, whether that was just because of injury or inefficiency, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think we can both agree Alan Bowman has looked completely different the past two games. Um, I wish the pick sixes would, uh, stop, but Hey, beggars can't be choosers. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you bring in a quarterback, a backup quarterback, he starts a couple games. You really, and I was talking about it yesterday on my radio show was there's really only been two games this year where just Texas tech didn't have a chance, right. Where you look at the game and, or you go into the game and you're playing the game and you just didn't have a chance. One was the Oklahoma game, Oklahoma, you know, you may have gotten that first touchdown, Texas tech, but. They came out and they just throttled Texas Tech. What was it, 49 yeah. or 14 and a half or something like that? Yeah. Uh, they put 62 on you. So, yeah. I mean, you just didn't have a chance in that game. And you got to tip your cap to Oklahoma. Everything went right for Oklahoma in the sense that they were getting healthy at that time. I mean, it worked out for them. And you look at what they're doing now, it makes a lot of sense. That was the first game. It kind of 
created the snowball effect for them. And then the other game is just Iowa State. Yeah, yeah, we weren't, we weren't ready. They weren't ready to play that game. Yeah. And, and, and you think, and you look at the standings, those teams are probably going to play in the Big 12 title game. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. But every other game you've played in this year, you've been in it. Now, have some been closer than others? You know, the Houston Baptist game? Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, I think overall, if you would have told me at the very beginning of the year, hey, Texas Tech is going to be in every game they play this year except for two, I'd take that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, unfortunately for the circumstances that we're in, yeah, I would yeah, I would take that. Um, I mean, Texas, you know, that game was winnable. The game was very winnable. Agreed. Oklahoma State, you know, there was a pick six at the end of the game that kind of screwed everything, that onside kick that went, went, we the, went, the, went against them as well. But that game was it, – it was right there. Those games were both winnable. You know, this team would look a lot different if you beat Texas the first Big 12 game and you beat Oklahoma State a couple K-State. of weeks ago. So K-State too, yeah. You were up in that game, and then you let them go, you know, score two touchdowns, and you can't answer. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's one of those things where I get it. As a Tech fan, I'm frustrated, too, that they can't finish the damn game. I get it. Like, but at the same time, how often were we in these games with Cliff Kingsbury here? You know, and I think you and I have had this discussion before where, you know, you you, you have to – create a little bit of stepping stones and I think tech is taking those slow processing god knows I want it to be faster um I think every tech fan does but um at least you're in the process of going towards the right steps and you're taking the right steps to get there and you're in these games because under Cliff Kingsbury you really weren't in a lot of games you know you might beat Oklahoma State here you you beat Texas down in uh, Austin, good for you. But it wasn't consistent, you know. It, it seems like you were consistently in every Big 12 game this year outside of two. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, it, it, the thing with us is we just never can get over the hump, you know. There's been games like this the last couple of years where we're always, you know, we never can finish. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Then it's like next year never comes. It's just the same result. We lose by a touchdown to three points, four points, or whatever the case may be. And it is frustrating. I just want to know. When is it going to be that one year where everything just pops? Like, you know, where we can win eight games, it's like, wow. You know, maybe maybe Tech is starting to get the ball rolling. But, you know, how many times recently, even with even with Pat, you know, well, if Pat had a defense, we could have done this. But then, you know, the defense came in the quarterback was struggling. It's just, when is it going to be that year where everything pops? And I feel like this year could have potentially been one of those years because I feel like this is one of the more balanced teams Tech has had, at least in the last few, at least since I've been there. And I feel like it's disappointing, but – it's kind of like this is the reality it's been. Yeah. No, and it, and it comes back to that two-letter word that Tech fans hate to hear all the time. If. Yeah. If is a, if is a hell of a word, man. But um, Coach Wells tested positive for COVID. We hope that he stays safe and he gets healthy soon and everything. Um, obviously, he won't be on the sideline on Saturday. So Texas Tech announced that defensive coordinator Keith Patterson will take yeah. over as head coach. This weekend, is there anything that you think changes uh, potentially this weekend? And, and and I'll say this too before you answer: um, Tech should win this game regardless. It's Kansas. Um, yeah. So a bonehead yeah. mistake, which inevitably probably will happen, um, will not hurt you as much as virtually any other team in the league. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, we said that last year, and you know, I don't think that'll happen again this year. But that, but we, but we we both know that Kansas team, the Kansas team from last year, is leaps and bounds better than the yeah, one they this are. year. Yeah, they are. No, they no, they are. They 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 had they are definitely better last year. Yes, 
Yeah, no. So, so anything that you think changes under Keith Patterson at all? Um, or is it just you know, probably, typical? I think they might come out a little, um, you know, a bit more fiery. Maybe you know they might take maybe take a few more chances. I think they'll come out. You know, you might see them be more aggressive defensively and take more shots. I mean, this is a game where it's like you said, it's Kansas. Like this isn't basketball. You know, you have to go out and kind of blow them out. You know, and, and, and your season on the good note. You know, the season had its ups and downs, whatever that may be. But this is a game where you kind of can just go ahead and take care of business and blow them out and just get ready for next year. Just make sure you end on a positive note. You don't want to win, win, beat Kansas by a touchdown and be like, damn, well. What I the hell happened? This, yeah, what the hell? Like, you want to go ahead and beat them by two, three, four touchdowns if you can. Okay, so you mentioned Tech winning by a touchdown. Let's just say hypothetically, and I don't think either of us will predict this here in a second, but let's say Tech does lose. Is Wells gone? On, on me, I, I I think you had to get that. That two years in a row losing to Kansas, like good lord, like that's, I, I know that's last the thing. Year, that's the thing. Two years in a row. Yep. Yeah, and I, we know Kansas team was better last year, but then they still Kansas. What, what did they finish last year in the Big Twelve? Last or second or last, something yeah. like that. Like you shouldn't be losing to Kansas at all, in my like just at all. So if you lose to Kansas two years in a row, and especially if the offense, the play calling looks bad, I think both of them have to go. I think I think they they have to go, but then at least at least uh um OC he has to, he he would have to go Yost oh, Yost yeah he's got to because I mean at least because at least you know Wells he didn't coach on Saturday so I guess that could be the excuse but Yost he's been there all season I think he would have to go yeah I and this is just my opinion um, on it I I think Wells is there, there's going to be a scapegoat for this coaching staff um yeah. it's not going to be Matt Wells. Um, I think Keith Patterson has done enough this year with this defense to at least make it look better. Um, This is one of the better Texas Tech defenses I can remember, even if they aren't great. It's just one of the better ones at Texas Tech. Um, And you had that five, six-game stretch where the offense just kind of sputtered. You know, it really didn't do much. Um, So, yeah, I think Yost is probably the ceremonial scapegoat in this situation. Um, but yeah, if they lose to Kansas, oh man, oh dear, dear Lord. And and let's do something real quick too, Tobias. Um, let's address, um, the gigantic elephant in the room when it comes to tech football right now. And I think, you know, where I'm going to go with this. Um, you might've seen it yesterday on Twitter that Art Bryles, the rumors. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Um, I know a lot of people are saying he's extradited and, um, all this stuff. And I know I didn't tell you we were going to talk about this at first. So um, I'll go ahead so you can gather your thoughts and say my opinion on it. Um, I, I don't see any way that Kirby Hocutt makes that higher. And there's a couple of reasons why. First of all, what has Texas tech athletics gone through this year in terms of two programs where there was abuse, said abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, whatever it may have been um, in those respective programs in women's basketball and softball, right? That's number one. So why would he hire Bryles and cause even more of a PR nightmare when that's already trying to, you know, he's trying to put that on the back burner and it's pretty successfully going there. A lot of people forget about it already. Um, Second of all, I think people forget about other aspects within the football program that have 
I don't want to say been covered up, but maybe not gotten as much media attention as one would think. Um, and the one, and I'm not going to mention his name, but a certain quarterback from last year that played a lot for Texas Tech and his off-the-field issues when it comes to females. And you know who I'm talking about, Tobias. And if mm. people want to go look that up, they're more than welcome mm. to. I don't know why you would bring in a head coach when you are trying to put that to the back burner. And then third of all, it comes down to really the alumni and the people at the school. I know that there is a group of donors, I don't know the number, um, that are strongly pushing and have the backing financially to make it happen. But really what it comes down to is Kirby Hocutt and President Skuvenik, right? I don't see any way in hell those two make the decision to even bring that kind of light to a Texas Tech athletic program that has already had – you know, those kind of issues in terms of coaches, verbal abuse, physical abuse, and then also the player um, situation from last year um, and his prior history. I don't know why you would bring that here and cause a light. And then also at the same time, um, Bryles knew what the hell was going on there. Like it might be one of those things where he could be extradited and I get it. Okay. Legally he's fine. But at the same time, he knew what the hell was happening. Like, you, you, And if you didn't, you shouldn't have been the head coach of Baylor at that time. Um, maybe he's more clueless than we think. And so what I would say is I think it would be a disrespect to women more than anything that you bring in. And I, I, there's going to be the argument, well, Bryles has been extradited. He, there was only one guy that confirmed – you know, a sexual assault well, under his reign at Baylor. Matt Wells has the same amount at Utah State. Well, okay, but at the same time, how many reports of sexual assault were there at Baylor? Yeah. I, I don't know the exact number, but I know a lot, right? And so why would you even bring that into your program is, you know, my my thought process, process of it. Um, and I said it yesterday, there was – you know, a lot of people in my mentions yesterday, I'm not even going to lie about it, because um, I put something out there that, hey, something potentially to watch um, if you're Texas Tech fans this week. And, you know, I, again, I'm not one of those people that like to feed into these stories, but I do think mm-hmm. it is something because some high level donors are getting behind it. And we yeah. all know one thing in college athletics, money talks, and probably more so in 2020 when you didn't make yeah. that revenue. So I'll just say this. Um, I I laid out a lot of my thoughts right there on the situation, but the biggest one is simply this for me. What Bryles knew about slash covered up and didn't report at Baylor is inexcusable, period, end of story. If there's more to the story, I'd love to hear it. But from what we know, it's a hard pass on bringing Bryles to the LBK for the, you know, the reasons I laid out earlier, Um, you know, really just reasons I didn't even get to. I mean, for me, he well, he definitely can't come in for all the points you laid out, like you said so well. But also, Wells, you remember? I mean, like we talked about this a couple of what a year ago. He was having the same issue or some stuff that he had potentially could have known or whatever at Utah State before. And, you know, he kind of you know he kept him around. We kind of you know he didn't know whatever. But the stuff that was going on at Baylor, I know we like to say coaches didn't know they know. Like you, like they know everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, when there's something, especially like something like that, like that egregious and crazy, you have you have to know, like like it's your program, you know, it, it's you, uh, you know, you have you have to know something, 
You know, so the excuse, well, I didn't know anything. Of course you did. That doesn't know. How could you not know? Especially they're reporting it. Of course you know. Like someone had a conversation with you about whatever. You just decided not to act upon it, which is his own separate issue, old character issue. But like you said, there's no way that Kirby brings him in, brings him in. And I, I don't think he'll probably say anything, but when the offseason comes and this, let's say this thing really starts to get traction, if I was Kirby, I would go out and say there is absolutely no way. Like put a little, a little statement out. There is absolutely no way I'm hiring hiring this man. That's like that's what we just deal with. You had two programs within like a month and a half. You had to let two coaches go. Yeah, yeah. And I then, think I, I think really the big thing isn't you know I think Kirby could come out and deny it in the sense of Matt Wells is our head football coach. Period. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, yeah. that's all that's he has easy. to say. He doesn't even have to bring up the guy's name to give him right. that. Right. You right. know, he could just literally say Matt Wells is our football coach in 2021. Period. End of story. That's all he has to do. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be one of those topics, especially in the off season, um, that gains a lot of traction, um, within the Texas tech community and, and at, you know, sporting and fan base right there, but real quick, Tobias, um, score prediction for the Kansas game, Texas tech is 27 and a half point favorites. Uh, I'm gonna go like 45. 17. I think they, they, they beat the hell out of them. Yeah, you took my exact score. I'm, I'm literally going yeah. the exact same score, 45-17. Um, let's move on, though. Let's talk about Texas Tech basketball, Tobias. This is really what people want to hear about anyway, if we're being 100% honest about the situation. They welcome in the Trojans of Troy to the USA tonight. And uh, Texas Tech is 28-point favorites over the Trojans, who are 1-1 one one on the year. The Trojans have played uh, – Western Carolina, and they won 66 to 64. And then they yeah. played the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, where they got blown out by 23. Um, yeah. Guy to watch for um, Troy is Cam Woods, but let's focus on Texas Tech, Tobias. Um, they welcome in Troy. It's just kind of a last minute game. Remember, St. John's didn't yeah. want to come down here and play. And you know, we respect that decision in terms of the coronavirus, trying to keep people safe, 100% understand. Um, but what do you want to see from these this matchup tonight and then the one on Sunday for the Red Raiders to improve upon? Um, I want, for me, I want to see them improve on their motion, even though motion looked horrible, you know, a couple of days ago against U of H. I know that when you have a new team and a bunch of moving parts from a year ago, a motion offense is probably one of the hardest offenses to grasp because, you know, you have – a big scoring point guard who never ran a motion, at least not recently at Georgia, that's Georgetown. You have Silva, you know, who probably wasn't used in the action like then. And you have a bunch of freshmen at the play. So motion is definitely hard because you're, you know, you're playing without the ball in motion. You know, you're reading the defender. You're reading not only the defender that's guarding you, but you're reading the defender that's guarding where you want to go with the ball. So it is hard. But that's my point. I just want to see a toughness and them improve on their motion. I don't, you know, I don't think Troy's great, but I think they're probably going to go in there and compete. You know, Tech has a target on their back. They probably see Tech as vulnerable right now, especially the way how they lost the other night. So I want to see them come out there in a dominating fashion and see if they can get, you know, I guess tuned up before, you know, we go forward in this process. Yeah, and, and what I want to see is um, just a little bit more – I don't know the word in terms of – I think they've just been playing too nice, Tobias. Um, in sense yeah. of they want to get everybody involved. And I think, again, I, I was pretty critical of Kyler Edwards this week. And, you know, maybe I was a little too hard on him in this sense, but I think he's the leader of this team. And I think he has to be more decisive. Um, yeah. 
you got to know that not everybody is going to get what they want every night. And I think tech is trying to do that to make sure everybody's happy. And that's just not going to happen, right? right? You just have to play with the flow of the game, whatever that is. Kyler Edwards might get 25 one night and Mac might get five. Mac might get 25 and then Kyler and Ter- Terrence Shannon only get like seven apiece. It's going to happen, right? So just let the game come to you. Be more decisive. Take what the other team allows you to take. And I think that's what Texas Tech didn't do against Houston a lot. I think they tried to force way too much um, in terms of being buddy-buddy, being too nice. They tried to force the issue of everybody getting involved. And at some point or another, you just have to decide, okay, they're giving us this. Let's just take it, you know. If you're going to give me this, I'm going to take it. And I think that's what I want to see. And, again, I know Houston is – far superior to the teams that Texas Tech is about to play in the coming days. Um, I believe it's what they play Troy, Grambling State, then they play Abilene Christian, and then they head off to Frisco next Saturday to play Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Um, And then Big 12 play starts the next week against Kansas. And um, we'll get your thoughts about Kansas here in a second because um, I have a hottish take, um, but we'll see exactly how hot it is with the Jayhawks. Um, But – I think that's really what I'm looking for for Texas Tech is really just be more decisive these next couple games. Make sure that these guys, not everyone has to get involved, right? Everybody's going to get involved in these games because you should blow these teams out, right? So I think really what you need to do is just go out there, run your offense, make sure it looks good in the sense of, okay, this is what people need to do. This is what you need to do to make sure you're okay. And then be more decisive. Everyone's going to get involved anyway. Just let the game come to you is basically what I would say. I think I need to do with what's gotten them here and with the success with this program the last couple of years. It's tough getting everything, you know, it's grinding everything out, tough physical defense on the team. You know, I feel like we've gotten a little too cute over the last couple of years. Yeah, this team has talent. This isn't what put Texas Tech on the map. It hasn't been being cute. It's been being tough and physical and just being a nightmare defensively. And, you know, running good motion, Every you know, Everyone touching the ball, but this team is a little bit different than it's been previously. But I think they need to get back, at least on the defensive side. You know, do what's gotten you here. You know, we haven't been a pretty team. You know, we you know we got some five star recruits now, some high recruit kids now, but that isn't what's gotten us here. And I know Beard wouldn't have recruited those guys or brought them in if he knew they couldn't be that way. Yeah, you got you got to muck it up. Yeah, you got to yeah, go in there. Probably... You got to muck things up, man. And right. um, I think that's what this program has been built upon. It's just. Again, just be more decisive um, right. with, you know, how you're playing the game. Everyone will get involved. I promise you that. Um, but that's just part of it. All right. So my last question is for Troy and Grambling State um, and really Abilene Christian and then Texas A&M Corpus Christi uh, before Big 12 play. Who are you looking to step up before you really start that gauntlet? When I'll preface this, I – I was watching, you know, um, Baylor, Illinois. I'm sure you were too. These yeah, these great games yeah, these past couple really, nights. Um, yo, the Big Ten is loaded. No, I think uh, I was bashing them earlier in the year. I think that I think that's the best conference. I I, I think it is too. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. I think yeah, the Big the, Ten the, the is probably the best conference, and it's it, yeah. it's just because of their top man. They're they have six, seven teams where I don't like it. it won't happen, but I potentially think they're Sweet 16 teams, like, if everything goes right for them. I mean, I mean, hell, like, Rutgers, 
Like, I mean, that's a sweet 16 team. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, like, yeah like, like Rutgers is really freaking good. Like Wisconsin is really freaking good. Indiana, they, they, they got killed the other day, but they're solid. They might not make the tournament, but they're going to be a, they're going to be a team on the bubble. You know, Penn state, I have my things about them with Northwestern, probably not but Minnesota. You know, they lost a bunch of guys from last year. I don't know if they make the tournament, but they they look okay. They look like if that's going to be your 13th or 12th worst team, I don't want to play them. You know what I mean? So I think they, like you said, they're going to have six, seven teams probably that are going to, you know, going to make the tournament. I mean, I think Rutgers is tough as hell, and I think they're really, really good. And they're going to finish probably in the middle of that league. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about it, sure locks to make the tournament, in my opinion. Yeah. Iowa, Michigan State, Rutgers, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Illinois. That's six right from the jump, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and Michigan, I don't think it would shock anybody if Michigan made it, even though, you know, they lost a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like what Howard has done as the head coach there. Yeah, I mean, then, yeah, I mean, they're, they're solid to me. You bring back Livers, you bring back, uh, what was his name? His little brother. I think, he, I think he's really, I think he's really good too. He, he's funny. But uh, what's his, what's his name? Um, Franz, Franz Wagner. I think he, I think he's really, I think he could be first round good. I think he's that good. They have talent. And yeah. Howard, he, I mean, he's a great coach. And then look at this. They have 14 teams in the league. Only four of their teams have lost a game. Illinois being one of the four, they just lost to Baylor. There's no shame in that. Yep. I, mean, I know these teams are playing, you know, Kentucky every week, but it says something about your league when you have 14 teams, which is a lot, and only four of them have one loss, and one of the losses came to Baylor. Yeah. No, I mean, I they're, they're the best uh, conference in America. Yeah. I think the Big yeah, 12 is next. Um, but, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, you look yeah. at the Big 12, let's just hypothetically say that Oklahoma State doesn't have, you know, that restriction. I, would it would it shock anybody that seven teams make the big or the tournament no, from the Big Twelve? Not at all. Not, not at all. I mean, that's seventy percent of your damn conference, you know. Yeah. Um. So I think those are two the two best right there. But what what are you looking for, Texas Tech? Um. In terms of who needs to step up? Um. Who do you think is that one player where you're going to be watching the next week and a half? Um. In terms of okay, they need to step up before we start this gauntlet of the big 12 and it doesn't start off easy by the way. And let me yeah. get my hot take in there real quick, Tobias. I think Kansas might be a little overrated they, and they, they are, they and, are. And the reason I think why is I was definitely higher on McCormick than most. And I think, you know, that I was putting him in the Culver I, uh, to Shibwe conversation. He's yeah, not, you know, who I, yeah, you, you know, how I, you know how I felt about it. I didn't, I didn't think that he's, so here's the thing with him. He's more offensively polished than Azubuki, but he's not dominant. Like, sure, he can do a little sky hook. He, he, I think he thinks he can shoot mid-range jump shots. He can't. But I think he thinks he can, so he takes them yeah. more than he should. But he has more offensive moves than Azubuki, but he's just not dominant. Well, like, how Azubuki – And on the defensive end either. Yeah, no, yeah. Because, I mean, Azubuki, defensively, you're not, you're, not, you're not laying the ball up. Like, he's not having that. And then offensively, if he gets anywhere near the wrist, it's a problem. Then even when he said setting screens, how many how many times did we see Defon Dawson just wide open mid range jump shot because Azubuki put his man on the floor because he's just such a massive massive human being? Then my point with him is well, Obaji, I tweeted that a couple of days ago. How much better has he gotten his freshman? Freshman yeah, he came on the scene. He wasn't yeah he wasn't supposed to play a lot. And we like oh wow he looks okay. Sophomore year he didn't get better. Junior year is only a couple of games in. Hasn't gotten better. Marcus Garrett, I'm a big fan, but he's not as offensively gifted as the point guards they've had before. Sure. Jalen Wilson has come on the scene late, but yeah, they're not. I think they're definitely um, a little overrated. And the freshman, Thompson, he's playing okay, but 
as good as he is, I don't think he's as good as polarizing as Josh Jackson was a couple of years. Oh no, I thought I thought Thompson would be better. And again, I I think we're part of this is we are definitely overreacting a little bit. I would say yeah. to the first couple of games, we're only what four games in for Kansas. Yeah, and they've looked pretty solid. I just don't think they're that team that they shouldn't be in the tier with Baylor. Baylor is the clear um, best yeah. team in this conference. I think, Kansas, I think Kansas should be in that number two tier with the Texas Techs, the Texas, um, yeah. and the West Virginia. And they should be the number one team in that tier. But Baylor is in a tier of their own. Baylor, and it, it hurts to say, I think, obvious, I, I think a lot of people right now would say Gonzaga and Baylor. And I am super excited to see that game yeah, tomorrow, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I think I'm that's going to be a freaking awesome game. Um, I it, the funny thing is watching Gonzaga, and I'll know better tomorrow, so I'm putting this out there before. I think Gonzaga's in a tier of their own. Like, and that says more about Gonzaga than it does Baylor, I think. The, so, I mean, I was, like you said, obviously we're going to see tomorrow, like what happens yeah. tomorrow. I don't – because – so that game against West Virginia, it told me a lot about, you know, one West Virginia. I think West Virginia is better than I thought. For oh, one agreed. agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like I their freshmen a lot. Yeah, I, I think I think they're – I think they're better than I thought, you know, for, for, for sure. And Gonzaga, you know, that game to me, we know how West Virginia gets down. That showed me how tough they are. You know, they lose their, they lose their arguably their best player, second best player. He sure. goes down, and, you know, they're still able to tough that game. Like, he didn't play, you know, he didn't finish the first half. He came back, you know, early in the second. But he was he was still a little woozy. So that showed me a definitely a lot, of, a lot about their team. But um, I think that game on tomorrow is just going to be really good. I'm, I'm going to pick – I think Baylor's really good. I, I think Baylor think is – Baylor really, beats Gonzaga? I, th- I think I think they're going to beat them tomorrow. I, I don't. I, 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 it's not, what did, what I really did not surprise don't. me is just I, I don't know, man. I I think I think Baylor. Is, I mean, I want to see what Suggs is how how he is too because he's a hundred percent. That, that's a good point. I yeah. forgot about Suggs and that ankle injury. Yeah, I want to see how he looks, but I mean, even assuming he's you know he's good to go. I don't know that how Baylor closed out that game other night against Illinois. That really impressed me because they I mean defensively they were just all over Asumu and a uh, big coffee Cogburn. He wasn't even their best big on the floor. The foreign guy was. They pretty much he was he's yeah. in foul trouble too. But they kind of pretty much neutralized him as a whole. And you know, Baylor, this goes to you know, this goes to show you red shirting isn't a bad thing. Red shirting is their thing. They bring yeah. in the transfer flagger from Presbyterian. He's Shooting, you know, from all over. They didn't miss a beat. You got T. You got Mitchell. You got Jared Butler. Then you got the big two big guys. My guy, uh, uh, Flo Thamba. He's out there making plays. And the other guy was basically the same two last names. He's solid. They have a really good team. No, I, I, I think for me, it's one of those things. And I think you bringing up the Suggs point is a big deal because I think Jalen Suggs is top. He might be the best freshman in the country. I, I, he's a top ten pick in my opinion. Yeah. Pretty handsome. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I, higher. I, I think, higher. yeah, I was about to say top 10 is probably too low. Um, and, and I don't know the severity of his ankle injury. He did come back, but ankle injuries are one of those things where you can get the adrenaline going that night, yeah. and then the next day it's terrible for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he's had a few days now to go in there because they played on what? They played on a Wednesday night, right? So yeah, he's going to have about 48 50 some odd hours to heal up yeah. and everything, um, which could either be a blessing or a curse kind of deal. Um, yeah. But man, I'm telling you what, I, I, I truly think Gonzaga let's, let's put this out there. Okay. Obviously it's not the case. You're picking Baylor tomorrow. I'm going to pick Gonzaga. Right. Who cares? We're, we're literally, we're, it, it, we're, 
it, it, they're they're so freaking good. I think they're good, the clear yeah. two best teams in the country. It's not it's yeah. not even close. Um, yeah. Like people were trying to put Duke in there and just just shut up at this point. Shut up. Um, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's clearly two teams. Um, yeah. Let's say both of them are healthy, completely healthy, neutral site. Who are you taking? Between Gonzaga and uh, Baylor, I, I, I still I still think I'm gonna I still think I'm gonna take Baylor. There's no way in hell. I think Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga, and I'll and I'll say it right now. If Gonzaga wins tomorrow against Baylor, there's no way in hell they lose this year. Yeah, no, you know, you know, I don't. The the only other game that they have that's even remotely difficult is Iowa on December nineteenth, yeah, and I think they dominate Iowa because the reason I think they dominate Iowa, and this is no knock on Iowa, I think Iowa is really freaking good too. Um, you can't guard anybody. That that that's the thing. I, I I don't think they can guard anybody, and also I think they have the bodies at Gonzaga that can at least limit Luca Garza. Yeah, uh, I, I think mean, Timmy yeah. down there. They got another guy down there, the freshman. So, and then I don't think Iowa can guard any of those guys like Suggs, the uh, transfer from Florida, who had a great night. Nimhard, 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 he's really good. Yeah, Nimhard, that was his name. I wanted to call him something else. I totally forgot his name for a split second, but yeah, no, I mean. Yeah, I think they're really good. Yeah, oh, that that guy might be my favorite player in the country, by the way. No, no, he, no, he's, I mean, he's, he's really good. Because he could have once he could have left last year, and he would probably, he probably, he would have gotten drafted. Oh, he's he good. I like back. him a lot. And then people forget about Ai. He yeah. was a he was a WCC um, tournament player. Uh, he won MVP of that of uh, the tournament. Like he's yeah. he was he was on draft boards to be a first round pick last year. He just decided to come back, you know, for his own reasons. But that just adds another, you know player to the fire of talent that they have, especially on the perimeter. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're really good. They have, you know, they have six, seven guys. They don't miss a beat when they come in off the bench. This isn't fair, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, and I'll answer it too. Who's going to win the national championship after seeing a week and a half of college basketball go? I, I, I want to, I really want to wait to tomorrow too, but. You got That's why I'm asking you today. So we can, if we don't have any preface on tomorrow to see how they come out and play against one and two. I'm 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 going to I'm going to ride with Baylor. I think I'm I think I think Gonzaga. I think yeah. oh my goodness, man. I I might be too high on Gonzaga, but I think we're looking at one of those teams where it's just like we'll look back at this from 2020 to 2029 and I don't know if there will be a better team than Gonzaga. I mean, I mean to They're be honest, loaded. I mean, this this game tomorrow, this could be a rematch. Oh, oh that's yeah, a national it, championship if you had to guess yeah, right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, those two teams are Freaking loaded. Okay, let's get back to Tech a little bit. One last question before we end the pod, Tobias. Okay, so obviously Texas Tech, they did lose to Houston. Um, who are you looking for to step up in these next four games before they do get to play Kansas um, in the onslaught that is the Big 12? Um, so, you know, with Joel leaving, I think that uh, – yeah, we got to talk about that too. Yeah, I totally forgot to bring that up. My guy, Buzo, I think he's going to play now. I think he's going to get minutes now. Him Me and him were – yeah, yeah, him and Tyreek, their minutes are definitely gonna go up. Um, I, I like I like Boozer. I think he's gonna. I'm, I'm gonna especially with McCullough to see when he does when he comes back from his injury. If he doesn't come back, you know, relatively soon, I think he will. But you know, let's say he misses four or five games. Let's just say, I think Boozer's minutes are gonna. He's gonna play. I think he's gonna play well. I think this is gonna be his, you know, his moment to show coach. You know what? You know, I, I deserve to be on the floor. You know, even with McCullough does come back, I should see some time. You know, in Big Twelve play. I think I'm looking for him to go on and step up. Yeah, I, he kind of reminds me of a uh, better Justin Gray. Do you get that vibe from him? 
with the better yeah, with a better outside game, obviously. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. I mean, he built like a truck. Like he's, yeah, and Justin he, was built like a truck. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Or I guess truck isn't the right word for Justin Gray. He was built more like a Greek god kind of physique, and then yeah, yeah Ogbo's, Ogbo's ripped, but he's also just yeah. like a Mack truck, like you're saying. So, yeah. I mean, the guy, and I, I hate to keep picking on him, is Kyler Edwards, man. I, I am, I'm invested in this guy now in the sense of. He's got to be the leader of this team if Texas Tech wants to go where they want to go this year, which is obviously that final Monday with the confetti falling on him. Um, He has got to be more decisive. He's got to be that guard where it's like, okay, it's not happening. I'm going to go make it happen right now, regardless of whatever that is. We're not moving the ball enough. I'm going to move the ball. We're not rebounding enough. All right, I'm going to be the guard that that goes helps. Silva who or Smith or Agba, whoever it is, I'm going to go down there and help those guys. Um, so I think Kyler Edwards has just got to step up and he's got to be that guy where, you know, the perfect line for me for Kyler Edwards would literally be just a line where he doesn't have to score that much because I think we got scores right now. Um, right. But let's just say, you know, a 10, 5, and 5 kind of line. I take that That's in a heartbeat from Kyler Edwards uh. because that means he's doing a little bit of everything. He's everywhere on the court. Right, he makes a bucket when you need it. He gets somebody open when you need it. He helps on the rebounding side of thing. I think that's what Kyler Edwards is. Is this team is he's kind of the Swiss Army knife in terms of is he going to be the guy that can guard everybody on the defensive end? Hell no. But on the offensive end, where I think Tech is really actually kind of struggled a bit, at least against Houston, um, was just damn. Be more decisive. Stop trying to get everybody involved. Don't hesitate. Shoot the damn ball. You know, you right. saw Mac McClung hesitate with a couple pump fakes. You saw Terrence Shannon do it. Kyler Edwards did it. But then you noticed also where Mac McClung and Kyler, to an extent, was just like, screw it. I'm going to put up a shot here. I don't care. Mm-hmm. We'll go rebound it. And I think that's what Tech has got to do because I do think they have the athletes that can go and get those rebounds over a lot of teams. And I just want them to be more decisive um, throughout the year because if you're not decisive in Big 12 play, good luck. All right, for sure. I'm – um. So, I mean, talking about the U of H game, I don't like I said, I don't think U of, U of H is not U of H is not as good as Baylor. But what they, but I, what I want to make the comparison is their guards. Like they have so many attacking style guards. I think Baylor's guards a little bit better. But you have you have Sasser, Jerome, the freshman Tremont, Mark Mills. You got those four guards. But then for Baylor, you have um, Flagger, Butler, Teague, Mitchell. They both have four guards. Where they can just give you like fifteen each. And I yeah. think that going for me, we don't play Baylor for a little while, but I think that that game, and even with Kansas to a lesser degree, that needs to be a game I think Beer needs to highlight when they get closer to, like, Big 12 play, mm-hmm. see if they can improve on that because they're going to they're gonna attack them the same way. They, they're going to run basically four out, one in. They're going to run, run the dribble handoff, see if they can get the mismatch and isolate. I think that's a game that, yeah, we lost. You know, you, you don't want to beat them up too much about it, but I think that's a game he needs to go back to later on and show them, you know, we need to just going to have to nut up and be better defensively because they're going to because teams like especially in the Big Twelve they have multiple guards they're going to attack yeah. them the exact same way you know, you're going to see that stretch where you're going to see Texas is going to do it Baylor's going to do it Oklahoma State's going to do it Oklahoma. and uh, Oklahoma's going to do it Baylor's going to do it. so you're going to see hell and even to a lesser degree West Virginia they're going to play three guards at the same time too Taz Sherman McBride McCab maybe not so much but the uh, McNeil guy you're going to see it the same way so I think that's a, a game that needs to be emphasize even more, I think, closer we get to Big 12 play. 
Yeah, I think Beard should go in, and I'm sure he's doing this. Just look at the night and day difference of what you did from the first half to the second half against right. Houston. You know, right. I think, like you're saying, you have to go back and you have to look at what you did um, wrong in the first half, but what you did positively, and you have to implement those things and continue that trend. And I think if they will, I mean, we know that Coach Beard is um, – we'll, we'll play it conservative, a top ten coach in the country. Um, there's a reason that Texas Tech is one of those, yeah. quote-unquote, um, elite programs now. Um, but, yeah, so Tobias, he wants to see uh, Ogbo step up, and I think he will. I think yeah. another guy, now that Joel is gone, that's going to get a lot more playing time is Tyreek Smith. Really excited to see that um, on the offensive and really the defensive end from him. I want to see if he's kind of that guy that can um, be a uh, Zach Smith or Tyreek yeah. Owens type of guy to an extent. Um, but that'll do it for today's pod. He's Tobias Bass. You can follow him at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. You can follow me at RCMB323 on Twitter. I'm RC Maxfield. And uh, be sure to go follow at Guns Up Nation, at Guns Up Nation on Twitter, Facebook. Go help us get that Instagram clout. Clout on Instagram mm. is hard to come by, Tobias. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's easy to get, it's easy to get things on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely hard on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Instagram is a lot more difficult. But go help us out with that. Um, and then, again, remember – what is it, December 17th, Tobias? Yep. We'll be on uh, Facebook Live breaking down the post-game show after the Red Raiders yeah. face yeah, off against sure. uh, KU at the USA. Again, he's Tobias Bass at Tobias underscore Bass. I'm RC Maxfield at RCMB323. We'll catch you all next time, guys. Stay safe, happy holidays, and wear a mask. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the podcast hosts and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. Visit our website at GunsUpNation.com for more Texas Tech news. Thanks again and Guns Up.